There is a thin veil that protects humanity from the horrors and darkness of the other. Within the other lives everything that our minds can bring to imagination. Or maybe it is not imagination at all, and just a thinly veiled reality that our mind cannot believe to be true. The veil is the will of humanity to protect the innocent from the dangerous and the horrible. A pursuit to ensure that the darkness of the other does not consume the world. The vanguard are those who uphold the veil, who know the truth of the horrors and fight it every day to protect the innocent. They must ensure that the balance is maintained in the darkness held at bay. We are the vanguard of the veil. Welcome everyone to another session of the Vanguard of the Veil, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast powered by the Apocalypse System. I am your keeper, Fred, and my pronouns are he, him. And joining with us tonight, Alex. Hi, I'm Alex. My pronouns are whatever, and I play Deandra. Her pronouns are she, her. Steph. Hey everybody, I'm Steph. I play Artemisia, and our pronouns are she, her. Josh. Hi, I play Spin, and uh, our pronouns are he, him. Matthew. Hey, everybody. I play Professor Gunderson, and our pronouns are he, him. All right. Well, I it's been a couple of weeks, so I say we just get right into it. Uh, Matthew, what happened last time? On the last episode of Vanguard of the Veil, when Deandra was captured, Artemisia, Spin, and Professor Gunderson take the sample of Cyborg Soldier back to the lab. Gunderson believes that it was made by an old colleague from his days as part of the League of Perco- Pernicious uh, Academia, a Professor Edward Albronsius, a specialist in necromantic engineering and cybernetic augmentation. <laughs> Meanwhile, Artemisia divines where the creature absconded to once it jumped into the sewer. They arm up and head to the catacombs below the school. Once she comes to, Deandra finds herself in the catacombs. Albronsius questions her about the rela- her relationship with Artemisia. Deandra proceeds to viciously break the man down, especially with regards to his inferior hench spuds. As Albronsius is thoroughly owned, an alarm goes off and both the hunter group and a couple of gimps with swords break into the catacombs. The gimps, also looking for Artemisia, attack Albronsius and his cyborg. The team jumps into the fray when suddenly a wizard in traditional wizard garb also enters the catacombs with ghouls. I feel like what, uh, what Alex... I guess what what Deandra did to her captor is maybe the highlight of anything we've ever done on this podcast. And I'm going to vamp because Josh just fell off the call now. Uh, it was a work of beautiful role play between Alex and Fred. And so literally any if you guys if you are listening right now and you're not up to date and you haven't watched that episode do yourself or do yourself a favor and go listen to it like right now and come back to this one because it was one of the greatest RP things I've ever heard in a podcast. Real quick, though, uh, just a little housekeeping. Just want to confirm, uh, Steph, Artemisia is at one harm because you were healed. Yeah. And then Spin, you're currently at three harm. Is that correct? Yes, because I was healed. And then zero and zero for uh, Gunderson and Deanna. Correct. I am at zero. Okay, great. So, yeah, last week or two weeks ago, we left our hunters in a, a very 
chaotic scene, almost kind of like a monster of the week standoff with, you know, the strange creatures in gimp suits with swords. And then there was the warlock with his ghouls. Uh, But before we get into that, uh, we find ourselves in a snowy scene. Uh, It's incredibly cold. And as you breathe, you can see your breath in front of you. And uh, Artemisia, you are lying on the ground and you have this rifle in your hands. The, is it the Hello Kitty rifle? Is that what you said it, it was? So it wasn't a Hello Kitty branded rifle, but it was a regular rifle that I had put rhinestones and Hello Kitty stickers on when I was like 13. Perfect. Perfect. And that is how old you are as you lie on the ground with this rifle in your hand. And next to you uh, is a woman and she is kind of trying to help you concentrate. Okay. Breathe. Focus on your sight. Do you see the deer in front of you? And probably about 100, 150 feet away uh, is a young doe just walking in between the trees in this snowy landscape. Okay, now put your finger on the trigger. And as you pull, breathe out. Once again, focus your energy. Madison. I'm now. Okay. Roll, kick some ass. Oh, boy. Uh, that's a six. Okay, so unfortunately a six is a failure. You hear a loud bang, and the rifle just kicks back and kind of, uh, you know, bruises your shoulder a little bit. Um, and as you look at your target, you see that it is just darting off into the forest. Uh, you have unfortunately missed your target. I cry. Oh, oh, Madison, it's okay. Look, it takes a lot of practice. Your mom and I, we've had a lot of practice and you will too, because you need to learn how to protect yourself. Okay. This is what, this is what we're doing. We're just learning how to live off the land and and to protect ourselves just in case. I just want to be able to keep the government out of our property. Well, look, you don't have to worry about that, okay? We will always be here to protect you. And as the two of you are talking, you actually hear what sounds like a car driving up to this mountainside cabin that you have been staying in for the last year. And you hear it kind of like crunching on the the pine needles and the gravel. And um, the woman next to you, your mother, uh, who is named, what what were their names? Candy and Dolly. Candy and Dolly. Candy and Dolly. So Dolly um, is like, oh, uh, it looks like we might have some visitors. You know what, Madison? Why don't you go inside to your bedroom and... um, Yeah, why don't you go start reading, you know, because reading is just as important as shooting, okay? And I'll go check on who's coming up here. Okay! And this is odd to you, because you feel Dolly tense up a little bit. And she is usually very happy-go-lucky, very easygoing. She's like the nicer of the two moms, um, very nurturing. Candy, on the other hand, is kind of like the rough-and-tumble type. And, uh... As you go into your room, you immediately go to the window and you are looking out into the front yard uh, where you see a 
dark Lincoln town car, just like tinted windows. Everything is brand new and sparkling and it's very uh, kind of like stands out in this mountainous cabin scene. And you see Candy walk out with a uh, double barrel shotgun and she's already kind of like cocked it into a ready position. And you see Dolly also join Candy. And as they walk out into the driveway, two men exit out of the Lincoln Town car and they are wearing black suits, black sunglasses, slick black hair. And they start to have a conversation, which you can't hear. Uh, but just from the body language and the way the conversation is happening, you can tell that the conversation isn't going well. And at one point, Candy brandishes a shotgun at these two men. And one of them raises up a hand and you can see that their hands are also on what look like guns that are holstered underneath their jacket. And it seems like they have a heated another heated conversation and the two men back off get into their car and they drive away the two of them candy and dolly look towards each other and dolly is uh kind of teared up and, and crying a little bit and looks like candy is consoling her uh and then candy places her arm around dolly and they both walk into the cabin this is a memory that you recall from time to time uh, from when you were younger, uh, when you had stayed with your two moms and they taught you how to survive, how to fight. You never really addressed your powers with them, you know, and if you have what little times that you've brought it to their attention, they kind of just shrugged it off as like children's intuition or stuff like that. Um, but for some reason, when you are in this current situation, that memory comes back to you and you realize that you're holding that rifle in your hand right now. All right, so we find ourselves back uh, to current times. Who wants to go first? There are three ghouls and uh, this wizard looking guy coming from one side. There are two gimp suit creatures with swords in their hand. And then of course there's Professor Albronzius and his cyborg, but I believe the cyborg is just getting owned by one of these gimp suit creatures. What would you like to do? Out of curiosity, do I know who this wizard is? Um... No, okay. I, I don't believe so. This person is definitely not a part of the League of Pernicious Academia. And, um, you know, you have probably run into like what would be considered spell slingers in the past. So you kind of recognize the archetype. But this specific person you have not seen before. OK. Um, and no, Steph, you do not get an experience point for feeling in a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> or failing to kill a deer. Residual experience, yes. All right, fine. Take your yes. residual experience. I remember, wasn't I tangled up with one, I think? Yes. We, yeah, we, we were fighting a little bit before the wizard showed up, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll go. I'm going to flip the gimp that I'm fighting because I hit him and he kind of was all spongy or whatever. So I'm going to uh, just like shoulder check that gimp and then throw him full power at the wizards ghouls and the wizard like in their direction uh i guess that would be roll kick some ass 
Why, thank you. I will. Five plus five plus two is twelve. That is a great success. Um, so you do get to add um, an effect on a ten plus. Uh, what would you like to do? I guess you force them where you want them is kind of like what your yeah. goal was, right? That's Yeah, that's literally the goal, yeah. Because otherwise, so, maybe you wouldn't be able to do this. So, yeah. For sure. Um, and then how much harm do you normally do with your um, physical prowess? I do two harm that ignore armor and are magical. Okay. You ignore armor and magic. Okay, yeah. So your uh, damage goes straight through um, and you basically just shoulder check, lift, and flip this uh, person um, towards the ghouls and as, as this throw is being completed, you can see that this person is kind of like almost as if a part of some kind of martial art uses the momentum that you created and then just lands right in front of the ghouls and has already stuck its sword inside one of the ghouls um, and has damaged the ghoul instead of damaging you because you had basically placed them where you want them. Yes, all according to plan. The person looks back, well, they have full gimp, like, face masks on so there is no eye slots but one of them looks back to the other one and goes brother you take care of this interesting one the juicy one I'll take care of the ghouls and you can see that one of them has actively started fighting the ghouls and the other one is now rushing towards you spin I'm juicy okay me yeah anybody else want to act I'm having a moment so I'll go last okay Okay, I'm going to roll uh, read a bad situation. Okay, please do so. Uh, nine. I rolled a nine. So I have. I can ask one question, and I guess my one question is going to be, what's the biggest threat? That is hard to say in the sense that they are both big threats, but you have not seen the warlock act yet, and you can tell like this is like a wizard type person, right? So they probably have magical powers that can be quite devastating. So you recognize this person behind the three ghouls as probably the biggest threat. Who, who is the cyborg fighting? Uh, the, so the cyborg was fighting one of the gimps, and then now that gimp has transition to spin so okay. like the gimp is in between the cyborg and spin and then the other gimp is fighting the three ghouls currently <clears throat> okay i'm going to use see it all fits together to try to manipulate somebody sure who are you going to be manipulating uh, i'm going to try to manipulate the cyborg into attack attacking the wizard because i judge the wizard as being the biggest threat so i'm going to tell the cyborg look if we team up for now, we can go back to back and take on the wizard. The tech obviously isn't going to be good enough to handle magic. I mean, you know who built you. Um, and then I'm going <laughs> to roll um, six. Always taking jabs. <laughs> I got a 13. Okay, so that <laughs> is a great success. Um, so yeah, uh, they will do your bidding. So you can see that the cyborg is now advancing towards uh, the warlock. Cool. That's what I wanted to do. Gunderson? All right, I'm going to do something that might be a little uh, controversial, but I'm going to use magic. One of the things that I could do is enhance something to give it plus one damage, which I was thinking about doing uh, for spin. However, there is something else I could do with use magic that I would like to try. Uh, 
and uh, Gunderson is going to uh, pull out his watch and he's going to like rotate the dial and like press it in to see if he can summon some nuggies to assist in the fight. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to bend 10 yourself. <laughs> yeah, right? I thought he was going to do some chronomancy. Combat nuggies. Um, oh my god. I wish I had worked better, but I did get an eight. Okay, so that's a partial success. Um, I don't get to do any so you, any bonus Gucci stuff, but so you're able to use magic to summon some of your like minions to, to you, right? Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah. So yeah, for use magic, one of the um, things that you can do is you can summon a monster into the world. <laughs> so I'm okay, just yeah. summoning summoning. I guess a nuggy from the lab, but this one is wearing um, a Rambo bandana, so you know okay. it means business. <laughs> Does he have like the the combat knife, like the crazy big combat no, knife? No, but has, he like, has the... a bandolier that is just little tiny bottles of Tabasco. Oh, nice! You know, like the, when you get the like the little individual uh, Tabascos, yeah, it's like that. Okay, it's just so a general like look so. of like I've seen some shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, I get, he's yeah. got like some like barbecue straw, scr- barbecue sauce like streaks <laughs> across his face, like like uh, like he's, you know, it's getting ready to do some camo stuff. And as as the nuggy appears and kind of like absorbs the situation, you can see that it immediately hones on to like what, what what do we call the albanzius I, I called them the hench spuds oh the hench said spuds something that's they a were new something one. tots i thought it was like the taters or like the the something tots or yeah. something like that yeah we i don't know if we we came to a consensus on it we, we did we spitball did, yeah. for a while though it was pretty fun and and so the the nuggies immediately lock eyes with the taters and they are just like staring each other down the the two different sets of minions um okay artemisia all right um sorry just a phys- physics update so i i what i want to do is i i ha- also have a hunting knife uh, with lisa frank stickers on and I would like to try to give that to Deandra because I know okay. that she likes to use weapons. So what I would like to try to do is like kind of run up and hand her my hunting knife. And then I will use my like rifle after that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so giving the the combat yeah. knife or a hunting knife, I won't uh, consider that an action and okay. you can do so. Cool. Um, since it's a ally, they're not going to resist. Right. Um, and then what would you like to do with your hunting rifle? Who are you going to be shooting? I would like to geek the mage. Geek the mage. All right. Yep. You're going to come on, geek the mage. Yeah. So I'm going to shoot the... Oh boy! Well, I'm gonna get experience again. Uh, that's a <laughs> six again. <laughs> okay, so you fail at your shot, um, and unfortunately, just the pure chaos. Like you have to imagine that, like inside this laboratory, there is like probably like twelve people, right? And everybody's just engaging each other in combat. And unfortunately your shot goes a little wide and you shoot one of the tater minions in the backside. Oh, no. They're just no. they just drop to the ground. <laughs> they are yeah. not moving. No. But you do gain an experience come out. <laughs> oh, no. The sweet juices. Okay, so um we are at the end of the round, so I am going to make a couple of things happen. The second gift that is rushing uh, Spin with their katana goes, Ah, you will not get in my way. I am 
not here for you, although you probably would taste fantastic. I am here for her, so if you are standing in my way, I guess I would have to go through you. And uh, I need you to act. Are these vampire gimps? I mean, I don't know. Is that is that what you're getting from the accent? I, it sounded vaguely stereotypical vampire. Yes, well, then you're probably Come right. Come on, vampire gimp. Act under pressure, spin. Kill me. That's what, cool? Where's my cool at? We're all doing really good on our uh, rolls in in areas that we're not good at. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That is a eight. Okay, so that's a partial success. Um, So this thing is just rushing at you. And as you watch its movements, like it is kind of coming at you from the right-hand side, uh, leaving where the cyborg was. And... Without even really being able to track it, it shifts and it has completely moved to your left-hand side and is now coming from a different direction. You move just in time to kind of like move out of the way, but you get nicked really hard and you're going to still take... Uh, what is your armor? Two points? Um, let me see. Because you're taking four points right now. That could be instant death. Yeah, I do two armor. Yeah, back to armor. So you're going to take two points of damage, and uh, you kind of have them kind of where you want them, though. On your turn, you're going to be engaged with them. Um, But now you are in what we consider the um, injury harm range. Uh, You're at five points of harm, um, and you'll be taking a minus one to any rolls that you uh, take in combat. Um, And then... uh, as the cyborg collides uh, with the warlock, um, you can see that it goes to like punch uh, this wizard and the first blow kind of like glances off what looks like a barrier, uh, kind of some kind of like like an invisible physical barrier. uh, And then it starts to cast a spell um, and it is currently, he is currently in the midst of casting. the first skip they got thrown slices down a ghoul. The ghoul is out of combat. There's only two left. Um, and now we are starting the round. So uh, who wants to go first? I'll go. It's time for more magic, I think. Remember, you can use your nuggy too. I can do both. He gets his own turn, right? It's like a, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a spectral or whatever. The weapon. I can't remember this. The weapon. Spectral Spiritual weapon. weapon. Spiritual weapon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nuggy is my spirit animal. Uh, <laughs> I, I am going to try and enhance spin. Uh, so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna try and um, enchant a weapon. Does he does, can I count spin as a weapon? Yeah, you could count his fist right. as a weapon or his <laughs> yeah. feet as well, right? His he is as you made him. Big strong arms. <laughs> I was like I could have rolled worse, but I did get a a straight up seven. Okay. So uh, I will enchant a weapon. It gets plus one harm and plus magic. Okay. Sick. I have double magic. But the uh, so the glitch for that is going to be that um, the effect is of short duration. So I would say it probably gives you like a round or two of uh, this bonus. Deandra, Artemisia, Spin, who wants to go? I mean, it's it, this is looking chaotic. I you know the the. the I think, you know, when you're reading a bad situation and, and you've noticed that this warlock is your biggest threat, 
they all seem very fixated on Artemisia, but now they're kind of fighting each other as well. And Abronzius and his cyborg are kind of on your team. But it might be that kind of situation where let your enemies fight and flee, or let your enemies fight and then take down both. So what is your motivation? Well, my motivation is I don't want them to get Artemisia, and I have one of them with me. So I'll go. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I'm enchanted by magic, and you said the guy's to my left, right? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So he probably thinks he's really cool. He's really slick. He's like, haha, I'm so fast. And then I surprise him by being like, like my eyes are very rapidly keeping up with him now. So he's probably like, uh oh, that's not good. And I'm going to uh, straight arm punch him right in the sternum. Okay, kick some ass. I'm gonna beat that ass. 11. Okay, so that is a success. And you do get to add a effect. I will inflict terrible harm. Okay, so you normally do, what do we decide, two or three? I think I do two. So then that would be three altogether. Plus another one from being enchanted. Oh, great, great. So four altogether. And I ignore <sighs> armor, and it's magic. Oh, that's right. Times yes. two magic. Yeah, Double so magic. You, I think, you know, this person is very confident and uh, was underestimating you as it rushed you. It was probably thinking that it's just going to take you down immediately and then go straight to Artemisia. And you just, how, you just like straight punch like in the sternum in the center, right? Just oh yeah, like, like he's he's probably like trying to move quick and sneaky like, aha, I'm, I'm, I move as water. And then I strike a punch as if I am a rock jutting into the water that the water now has to split around into his sternum. So, yeah. And and you hear two things as you strike this creature. You hear the quote unquote spin sound as you punch something. The sound of like an aluminum bat cracking up against something. And then you hear like slight cracks as well uh, as you just strike him ferociously uh, in the sternum and the mask around its mouth that has a zipper starts to bulge a little bit and the creature opens up the mask and blood just starts pouring out of its mouth and you see this thing come out of the mask and it's like an incredibly like pointed long tongue and it just starts to like lick up the blood that it just spewed out of the zippered hole in its mask and then sucks it back in and is like I knew you were juicy uh, but I will see how good you taste and it is just gonna tear you apart um, I am going to have you once again act under pressure thanks <laughs> I hate it Eight. Six plus two, eight. So partially successful. You are kind of like in a tango uh, with this creature, um, and you are going to take damage once again. Um, uh, this time, I am going to say that it is trying to uh, bite you. It does so, and you're going to take three points of harm, which is reduced to one point. Um, and it probably like bit you like in the like upper bicep that you punched it with and now you have uh, just teeth piercing your muscle and now you're at the six harm range what if i don't want to take harm you can use a luck point but it is one yeah it you would lose one 
and I think you've already lost one. You have I six. Mean, I can get another one. So would you like to use it? Yeah, I don't want to take no damn damage. Okay, so you use your luck point. Now you're down to five luck points, and as the like fangs of this creature are about to pierce your arm, you like flex and the teeth just like chomp on what looks like a metallic arm and it is unable to pierce your skin. Oh yeah, and it looks arms look like jacks now from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And you you are wondering now what it was that Gunderson did to you because you have never felt this before where your skin was so tough it repelled like piercing items. And uh, yeah, you are able to avoid that damage. All right, Artemisia, Deandra. Okay, I'm so seeing uh, my my friend spin narrowly uh, avoid getting chomped, and and knowing like how he got pretty beat up trying to save me last time. So I'm gonna uh, intervene. I'm gonna try to heal spin uh, with some magic. Uh, I'm basically gonna like look at my rifle that I missed horribly with. Fuck this! And I'm gonna use the rifle as a wand, basically. And uh, cast magic. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm rolling so horribly. Alright, I am going to use a luck point because that was another six. <laughs> and you shoot <laughs> Spin with the rifle accidentally. <laughs> yeah. So I, I am going bullets. to use a luck point actually because my my boy, uh, he needs some help. I need uh, help. I need milk. And, you know, and, you know, Artemisia, she's in some shit right now. And she's like, ah! uh, so, yeah, so I'm going to heal spin for one. So I'm going to say that because of your character class and the fact that you use the luck point, I'm going to allow that one heal to become two. So yes. you will gain Thank two you. points of heal. Um, and, and, you know, it's. It's something that you haven't really experienced often, but there is definitely like a boost of power coming out of you. Like you, you feel much stronger. You've done this before and you've helped friends who have sprained their ankles or yourself maybe, but this time it was a lot more potent and uh, you, you're, you're very interested in where that's coming from. Deandra. Okay. I'm going to, um, we're kind of in the control room of the, the cyborg doctor, right? Correct. Okay. So there's like computers and monitors and all sorts of crazy science shit. Okay. Is there on any of the science boards, is there a large red button under a piece of glass? Oh, of course there is. Okay. What, what do you, what do you suspect that this large red button does? Uh, probably blows something okay. up. So <laughs> I'm going to just look at Artemisia and say, run. And then I'm going to run over to the, the the control panel and lift up the glass. And then like just, I'm going to put my hand up. Like I'm going to slam on the button. I'm going to look around real quick to see if Cyborg Doctor is looking. Uh, uh, Professor Albronzius looks at you and goes, uh, Deandra, before you do that, Dad. And I'm gonna hit the button. Um, since since <laughs> since he's telling me not to, I get a, a, a plus one ongoing for doing the opposite of okay, what he said. That's, <laughs> that's how you do it. As your hand slaps uh, across this comically stereotypical red button um, <laughs> that is underneath a glass case that you lift up, uh, 
bright red lights start flashing uh, from the roof and you hear this kind of like loud noise um, of of warning. And on the screen, there's like a counter of like 60 seconds and you have just what looks like uh, a like self detonate explosion, like destroy the laboratory button. And uh, it, th- this chaotic scene erupts into even more chaos as you're <laughs> deafened by the siren and and blinded by the lights while everybody's oh fighting. Gimp one takes down another ghoul. Um, Gimp two has already been in lock combat with Spin. Um, Albronzius is running. He picks up like two taters, one under each arm, and is just like running down like <laughs> the opposite direction. And is like, Artemisia, if you want to come with me, uh, this is probably the best route out. Uh, and, and of course, your companions as well, if they want to come. But they're probably better off just holding off everybody else. And then um, the cyborg is just like colliding with this barrier in front of the wizard and the wizard then casts its spell. And this spell just erupts in a blast in front of it. And uh, I'm going to need, yeah, I I I would say Deandra, Gunderson, and Spin. I'm gonna need all of you to act under pressure. You're gonna kill me. Okay. (laughs) That's a cool, right? Yes, cool. Hey boy, that is a 10. Okay. Oh no. Josh? <gasps> Beach. 12, ho. Hey. <laughs> I saw like what looked like a two, and I was like, I'm going to get a four. I'm not making it. <laughs> okay, so just this fiery blast comes out of the fanning hands of uh, this warlock and just flames erupt around everybody. The ghouls drop, the gimp is just on fire. The gimp that you were fighting, Spin, has like dropped to the ground, both from the damage you have caused and the damage you just took. Now, for those of you who succeeded, you evade most of the damage, but you're still going to take two points. But um, if you ignore, I think you have armor, um, but it's magic, and Gunderson, you take two points. Now, Deandra, you're going to take all four points of this blast for failing. Um, uh, Fred, okay, I would cool. I would also like to, if I can, uh, I'm going to try and protect the Nuggy. Okay. Uh, can I roll protect someone to protect the Nuggy? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Important. If you roll poorly, you're going to take all four points of damage. Uh, I rolled a nine on the dice, and plus protect tough. someone is plus tough. Minus one. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping it was going to be something I'd give me a plus one, but no, it is a, it is a minus one. So I, okay. I rolled a, I rolled an eight. So as a partial success, you protect the person, but you suffer some or all of the harm they were going to get. So, so I instead take of one more. Well, you're going to take all four. So instead of two, you take four Great. altogether, and Great. you have covered the nuggy, embraced it, and protected it. This blast would have probably barbecued the nuggy. So. That nugget probably would have smelled so damn good. It yes. <laughs> Deandra. <laughs> I have changed. <laughs> uh, Fred, I have a question. What yes. is okay, so protect someone like how Matthew did, right? What if I use a body to protect me? Is that also protect someone since I'm 
using them to protect me. As if I, I took the weird gimp and was like, put him in front of the So essentially that's like what your act under pressure is. So like you all acted under pressure and I think like Gunderson just kind of used his success to take the damage of protect the Nuggy instead of protecting himself. Your act under pressure was a success, but like you're not going to be able to mitigate even more damage. You essentially put the, you use the gift. Yes. Yeah, as you're acting That's under pressure, you use the gimp. The gimp takes full damage, and you take half damage. I so, unprotected yes. the gimp, which Correct. protected me. Exactly. Your success <laughs> destroyed that gimp, and they're yes. just like scarred, singed, and burning on the ground. Now, at this point, you all have the opportunity to act one more time before possible devastating effects. You can choose a flea. Um, and you could read a bad situation. You could choose to continue to attack. Um, but you all recognize that this explosion is going to happen. And it looks like Albronzius has already left. The cyborg, unfortunately, probably took the brunt of that blast and is on the ground. The half-hurt gimp is collecting the other gimp right now and it looks like they're about to flee the only person that hasn't fleed or has made an intent to flee is the warlock um, and it looks like they're going to start another spell which will take a round um, so what is your actions um i would like to yeah i want to help out deandra and like basically i want to like she just took a big hit i want to like kind of get her like pick her up and help her absolutely out. I have a minus one in this, so we'll see how if my bad luck so far holds. How much experience have you got? <laughs> like a lot, and now more. That's a two. Okay. Ah! Jesus! <laughs> Don't kill her. If I get one more, I'll be leveling up twice at the end of this adventure. You are <laughs> unable to grant them an advantage um, on their roll, so Deandra doesn't gain anything from this, but it doesn't also hinder you. Um, so, what is anybody else going to do? Anything on top of just Bailey? I'm gonna. I, w- I want to be the last to do something. Okay. So I'm gonna wait. Yeah, wait for spin. So spin, you're you're back up to six or five. You said so, I took two, right? Yeah, you took two, but you got two back. I think you were at four. I was at three before the fire blast. Okay, so then you're back up to five. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm great. I'm having a great time. I am going to uh, grab, like, scoop up my frail uh, dock and I can run and, and go. I'm a little crispy. I need to be the least injured, I think, out of yeah, all of All of you are in the injured range because you are all Yeah, I'm trying to get four. that dick and go, so I'm going to grab yeah. Doc and... I'm uh, at four. Yes. I lo- wait, I love the visual idea that... Okay, so Spin picks up the doctor, like, kind of like Baby Bjorn style, and then the doctor has the nuggy Baby yeah, yeah, Bjorn yeah. style. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So all of you are on your escape route, and then we yeah. come Do to Deandra. Do I need DeAndra. to roll anything, or am I good? No, no, you're fine. Uh, Sick. Uh, on our way out, do we pass any kind of door or closing that I can, like, close off? Something that I can do to, like, block and or slow down the the following of the yeah, wizard? Yeah, so how are you going to do that, though? What, what are you thinking? Like a control panel? Are you going to shoot it? Are you going to stab something with a combat knife that you just received? I was thinking like double doors, close them, broom handle okay. in the, in the, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, 
the the classic closing a double door and putting a broom handle through the the handles so it can't open or whatever. I would say that would be like a protect someone. You're you're protecting the okay. rest of the group from a uh, pursuing um, assailant. I got a nine. Okay, uh, so you're partially successful. Um, you there isn't anything readily available as you're kind of exiting. So you're probably going to have to use something you have on you um, to like keep these doors from opening. Um, you have a combat knife, you have a gun, and then do you have anything else? Um, I have my watch, watchman's flashlight. Okay. I would say that would suffice. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a kiss and say goodbye, Betsy. And I'm going to shove it in the door. <laughs> And you do so, and now you have closed and essentially blocked the door from being opened on the other side. You take one long, uh, like, look at your your uh, flashlight, and then you run down the hallway. Um, and in the last moments, as you close the door, you can see that the spellcaster kind of completes a spell, and what looks like some kind of color distortion or like a tear, a portal, something opens up alongside it. They step into it and they're no longer there as you kind of close the door behind you. And then you, you know, the ghouls are like burning and like running towards you and the gimps, you know, are probably recognizing that you're closing the door and they're going in another direction. Um, and, And all of you escape. And as you do so, you're kind of like running down these uh, like subterranean corridors that slowly are turning into like a sewer system. Uh, and there is just like this incredibly large blast and it rocks, you know, this underground um, subterranean and uh, corridor. And there's just like smoke and dust and heat just kind of like hurtling towards you um, as you start to make your way out of an incredibly large like sewer opening Um, and you make your way outside and and the one, two, three, four, five, six of you um, drop to the ground and uh, you are all catching your breath and Albronzius goes okay well I am still tasked with bringing you to the people that hired me, Artemisia. I I will point my hunting rifle directly at his chest. Okay. Hold. Before you (laughs) do anything, I I understand that my methods were untowards and, you know, I You sent a robocop to kidnap me. Well, yes. I mean, that was the easiest way to apprehend you. I mean, you probably wouldn't... Did did you try phone calling? I I mean... A text? I'm on Snapchat. Well, look, I I have this flip phone and it doesn't get great reception underground. And that seems like a you problem. Yes, yes. That's why I went with the cyborg. Uh, It was a me problem. I understand. Uh, Is it is it just us and Albrontius and his two potatoes? Yes, correct. And and your nuggy. (laughs) And my dog, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the cyborg, us, uh, he's with the us. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. The cyborg um, was in that blast. I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> with magic. Okay. Goo gun? <laughs> Not my goo gun, because that uses tough, but I can use magic and do something else. Yeah, and you'll probably hit uh, me with it. 
That's a 13 to <laughs> oh, to, okay. to, uh, to um, use magic. And I am going to, uh, oh, where is it? Inflict harm? No, trap a specific person, minion, or monster. Okay. I'm going to trap him. Got it. What what do you envision this trap to look like? Imagine a Hanna-Barbera cartoon where someone freezes and all they do is they like draw a highlight line around them. <laughs> And yes. that's like a force field that they can't move through. But he's like stuck in place. Albronsius, you are coming with us. God we have damn it. much to discuss. Gunderson, don't you understand? This is bigger than you and me. This has nothing to do with you. This has everything to do with Artemisia and who wants her. I could not care less about that right now. You are on my property at my school using my facilities, attacking my students. You think I'm going to let you get a... This is, this is about principles. This isn't about your, your needs and wants and who hired who. You're just as pernicious as ever. God <laughs> damn it, Dennis. You always make this about you. That's why it never worked when we were back together in the academia. This isn't about you. This is about her. Don't you realize who those people were? Well, there was, uh, uh, can I roll to know who those people were? (laughs) Sure. Let's go ahead and do, uh, investigate a mystery. That sounds good. Okay, while you're rolling, in all of this is going on, I whisper to Deandra and Artemisia, they were together. (laughs) Wait, like, like, like as... Like biblically, they were together. Oh, maybe. <laughs> they kind of like, hate each other with, like, with that together. kind of a vibe. How, what'd you roll? I rolled a nine. A, a nine okay. total. I was like, ah, oh, I thought I had a plus two, but I only had a plus one. You could ask one question, and you could ask either uh, who the gimp suits were or who the wizard and undead were. I'm gonna be honest. I'm much more interested in this wizard. <laughs> okay, so you actually do recall. Um, hearing about another faction of people. So when you were in the League of Pernicious Academia, you were a faction. You were mad scientists that kind of banded together to work on experiments and further both the knowledge and power of the individual people in this group, like Albronzius and, of course, yourself. This person, though, the person that cast that fire blast in this underground compound was a warlock. And you recognize him to be a part of a faction called Necro Exorcitus, or for lack of a better term, Army of the Dead. Um, it is basically a death cult. And these spell slingers have kind of joined together and they have been kind of like slowly creating an undead army. But what is their interest in Artemisia? Why were they there? And why were they after Artemisia? And, and, uh, uh what was his name? Alphonse? Uh, Albronzius? Edward? No, Al- Edward, Edward. Edward goes, you realize that was Necroexocytus. Hmm, perhaps. I have not dealt with them in some time. And of course, the Gibbs suits. The Gibbs suits. That was the Two-Fang dynasty. The mm. vampire clan. Mm. Haven't you done any research? Vampires? I start pacing. You've gotten rusty, Gunderson. This is bigger than you or me. I've been focusing on 
other things. Okay, listen, Gunderson, Dennis, just why don't you take me and her, and of course the rest of our companions here, to the people who hired me in the first place. I think it would behoove you to understand who they are and why they want Artemisia. How about I don't go? I feel like this is a read bad situation. Like, I don't want to do this, but... Look, Artemisia, it is your decision. No, then no. The people that hired me to bring you to them is Candy and Dolly. And that is where we're going to call it. Hey everyone, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to our new Geek League project, Vanguard of the Veil. If you're interested in learning more about our podcast, follow us on Twitter at Vanguard Veil. If you want to hear more shows like ours, then check out Cthulhu and Friends and Greeting Adventurers, which is a part of the Geekly Inc. network. If you want to follow the people that creates this show, you can follow the keeper, Fred, at I Think I'm Fred. Professor Gunderson is played by Matthew at Matthew M. Morris. Deandra is played by Alex at Happy Pute. Spin is played by Josh at Josketh. Artemisia is played by Steph at Stepho Kingston. Our show is also edited and produced by Kieran at Mr. K underscore Bennett, and all music and sound effects are courtesy of Epidemic Sounds. <laughs> <laughs>